Welcome into another edition of Tim Donnelly Show Presents Movie Night. I'm Tim Donnelly, featuring today, as always, Big Nate. What's going on, Big Nate? I'm I'm amped to talk about some movies. Amped to talk about some movies. I have a special surprise for everybody. Yeah? Yeah. Let's hear it. I got to see Aquaman. Yeah. Doesn't come out till Thursday. Movie night hookup. Yeah. Um. Where Where was my uh, phone call? Hey, going into the theater. It, Get here fast. It It didn't come because I wanted to address Aquaman by myself. Ouch. I am a selfish, petty individual. Featuring Big Nate, but not really. <laughs> well, most of most of everything features Big Nate, except for Aquaman. So can, before we even jump into our preview, can I do five minutes solo dolo on Aquaman? I suppose. Don't, I, I can't don't stop sound, you. Don't sound so hurt. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, I no, like it's Jason fine. Momoa. Go ahead. Fine. Uh, well, speaking of Jason Momoa, um, he called Drago, as I refer to him, Call Drago and Badass Little Mermaid, the two main characters, were great. Um, the 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 so the um basically DC Universe needed Aquaman um, very very badly. It needs someone to just be solid. Um, it's kind of the the Thor, I guess, is kind of the vibe you get. Big, strong. Uh, you know, gonna get the the attractiveness out of the way. Um, you know, I don't maybe up until Ragnarok. I don't think anyone was calling Thor like uh, a cinematic masterpiece, but it was something that kept everything cruising along. What, what do you, you're, you got something did to you, say? Did you love Ragnarok? I thought it was funny. I loved Ragnarok okay. and everyone I know hated it. Oh, well, it got like gigantic reviews. I thought it was fantastic. So, so, anyway, I thought it was, it, it flirted on Marvel territory. Like he's a bit quippy. He's and, and by the way, there may be spoilers in this little bit. I'm going to try not to do any big giant spoilers. Nothing that you wouldn't see coming. Uh, just for this Aquaman section, um, it was a bit quippy. Uh, he had some some Marvel idiosyncrasies, even though it's DC. Um, but I don't think they. I mean, there's no infringement there. They, they definitely weren't mimicking. Um, I, I was pleased with the CGI. I was very worried that everything underwater was going to look like it was uh, drawn by. I don't know, Looney Tunes animator, um, but it didn't. It, it didn't pull me out of it. Uh, Jason Momoa was great. Uh, Nicole Kidman was great. Whoever played uh, Aquaman's dad was great. Uh, the the badass Little Mermaid was was really really good. Um, it was just a really strong movie. Uh, I think DC needs to put like nine of those together before they start taking big swings and big crazy chances like they did with Suicide Squad. Uh, they just need to put together, you know, some Aquaman movie, a Flash movie, an Aquaman movie, a Flash movie, go mix in a Cyborg movie. Like, just build your repertoire before you go, let's see if we can make Jared Leto into a wild and crazy Joker. It's like, pump your brakes. Let's start start with a couple doubles before you start swinging for the, the fences. Um, thought it was really good. Um, bad guy, kind of one-dimensional. Right, just kind of bad for bad sake. Although there is some social commentary, they try to justify it, a la Ryan Coogler as a director. They tried to give the bad guy motivations beyond just being bad. Uh, I just didn't really buy into them. Um, and then, the, obviously, the moment where Jason Momoa puts on the like when he is Aquaman, it's a moving moment. It's good. All right. And there's enough pieces left unsaid that there's very obviously another Aquaman coming, and uh, and I will see it. There's enough of like the, oh, we'll have to stay tuned for that. How many has he signed on for? Do we know? I don't. 
I hope a whole bunch. I mean, he there's no way he leaves this role. He's like yeah, he's perfect for it. He's on like a he's gonna have to go on like a Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark he's decade because because yeah, it, it it fits too well, and I think he enjoys it too much. And he did he did like his native uh, he must be Maori native New Zealander uh, Maori. Uh, Is it Maori? Are you sure it's not Maori? Yeah, it's Maori. Let's get him on the line. We're gonna find out. I, I grew up in Hawaii, but oh yeah, that's right, you did. <laughs> like I shouldn't I, like, be questioning your our, our our high school football team did a Maori war chant. Well, then I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire life. Yeah, yeah, well, you learn something every day. But he did like the haka. He did uh, a, a a tribal yeah, chant at he, the premiere. He also broke the trident before doing it. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, that's a again, that's a Polynesian thing. Uh, you don't worship any idols that aren't your own. Uh, he had to. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I did see that. Yeah. Didn't get to see Aquaman early, but I did see the Haka. Well, anyway, I, I recommend when it opens on Thursday, I recommend you seeing it. I'll, I'll put it out. I'll put it out in that way. If you haven't seen Aquaman, see Aquaman when you can see Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, uh, let's jump into to regular movie night proceedings here. Uh, it's it's a podcast. We we talk about a movie, which we will be talking about today, Christmas Chronicles, because, hey, time of year. Uh, it's a Netflix movie starring Kurt Russell. Um, we should get it out of the way right now. There will be spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We do not try to be spoiler-free. Uh, so if you're cool with, with knowing some of the ins and outs of the movie before you watch it, listen to this first. If not, go watch it, come back, uh, and you can participate in the conversation in that way. Um, and we start with previews. That's right. Just like you do at the theaters, you start with a preview at the theater, you start with a preview here. We watch a trailer, we give our thoughts. Today we have chosen... Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier, I believe. Is that a Netflix movie? It is a Netflix movie. It's another so Netflix we're like movie. Staying on, we're staying on, on brand. brand. Uh, so yeah, so it's a, it's a Netflix, uh, if you will. I would call it a 100% it's Netflix. It's definitely a Netflix. The cast is bonkers. It's got Ben Affleck. I mean, Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck on the Netflix starring Oscar Iflex. Uh, too far. <laughs> um, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan, first of all. I'm a big Garrett Hedlund fan, second of all. I'm a big Charlie Hunnam fan. Yeah. Third of all, I'm a big guy from Rogue One fan. Fourth of all, and Ben Affleck, although he's not directing. I like Ben Affleck more when he directs than when he's not directing, but it felt like a Ben Affleck movie, so I'm giving him credit for it. Yeah, I feel when he directs, when he's more in that hands-on role, I, I think he Argo was, was great. The Town was great. That's when he's at his A game. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But anyway, it looks badass. Um, the whole, I can't stress enough that we don't have the flag on our shoulder is awesome. I called it generic heist thriller what? script B. What? With a decent song in the trailer, but an A-plus cast. So, I mean, you, we, we could definitely get a B-plus movie out of this. But, like, B-plus, that's what I'm saying. I'm 100% all in on this movie. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm certain. I, I love generic heist thrillers. No, you can't call it a generic heist thriller than backpedal into liking this movie. I, okay. The Fast and the Furious series. Are they great movies? Yes. Or are they all pretty generic? They're not generic. Really they jump cars out of helicopters. Oh, I've seen that too many times. When they leapt a Lamborghini, a supercar, from skyscraper to skyscraper. Hmm. Oh, that's something that I've seen too many times. We're, we're going to go for a little bit of a segue here. Speaking of, you, you bring up the Lamborghini, and we often talk about casts and stuff like that, but, like, how important are the cars to that movie? Like, in the first one, you've got Brian... The Skyline. ...driving the Skyline, and you've got uh, Dom's Charger. Even the Charger, yeah. Like... Well, they're another character. They're, 100%. So, 
I've noticed a trend. And, and you can tell where everyone's from based like uh, the skyline. He's obviously like Cali surfer, bro. The charger. He's from the streets. Han's always got the, the foreign model, uh, the rocks driving like tanks. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> like everyone, like their personality. It's like they're, it's like they took a BuzzFeed test. Which car are you? They answered all their questions. I'm whatever popped up. That's all you're allowed Can to you drive. Can you imagine before they go and do anything? Oh, we gotta, we gotta check the list. We gotta check. We gotta, we gotta go on BuzzFeed. Like, uh, I mean, uh, Ludacris always has like super high tech tech because he's the tech guy. Tyrese always has something like kind of funny because he's the quirky guy. I think it's always like orange. I think like, oh my gosh, what wacky and crazy Luda's orange. Ludacris is an underrated character in this. Ludacris is a great character. I love him. Te- uh, Tej. Yeah, but he's also the bridges. one. He's also the one that has changed the most from his introduction. Yeah, in Too Fast, like a, Too Furious, he was like gambling. He was gambling on uh, skidoos. He was gambling on uh, anything gambling wise. He yeah, was like everything the guy was you fixed, to. and he was just taking money. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Passing it out. Here you go. Here you go. Like he was that guy, and now he's like <laughs> the world's preeminent tech genius that can hack into stuff from a laptop computer in a moving car going eighty. But like, it's all about how you manipulate people, and he was always good at that. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not hating on all. He's a great so character. Him and Tyrese are phenomenal together. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're a good little yin and yang. So, so anyway, was, what, what, where was where was that going? You asked me. Uh, if I was I, just curious about how important the cars were. Purely curious. Oh okay. Um, all right. So anyway, that's Triple Frontier. I'm all in. You're kind of all in, even though you're acting like you're all in. Um, but no, Christmas Chronicles time. Again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Christmas Chronicles. It's been on Netflix for a while, but you can't watch a Christmas movie a month before Christmas. I stand by that. You can, but you shouldn't. Exactly. Uh, so we waited until it's closer to Christmas within the, kind of the countdown, right? The, are we within the 12 days? Yeah. I watched it yesterday. We got like, what, five days, six days? I don't know. I'm bad at math. We've established this. It is the 17th now. So we're within, yeah, we're within the 12 days. We're, we're, de- we're definitely within yeah. the 12 days. So 12 days, 12 days of Christmas we're within. Uh, let's get started on Christmas Chronicles. Five S's to cinema success if this is your first time. The five S's are star, story, second fiddle, surprise, and scenery. We break them down to give you kind of the nuts and bolts of the movie before we dive into further nuanced conversation. Uh, star, Kurt Russell. Kurt friggin' Russell. I mean, you can't have Kurt Russell in a movie and not have him be the star. He's not going to be a second fiddle ever. He just doesn't work. He's the, it's that well, he's second attitude. fiddle. Speaking of uh, Fantastic Eight, not Fantastic Eight, Fast, Furious, Eight, Furious Eight, whatever F word Eight. I don't know. He Mr. stole the show. Mister Nothing. Mister Nothing. Mister Nobody. Mister Nobody. Um, I think he was good. That is how I will describe this. I think he was good. I think someone came to him and said, "Hey, we need a badass cowboy Santa." And he was not badass at all. I disagree. You just think because he's Kurt Russell. Santa stole a car, man. No, he didn't. The kid did. The kid was a badass. Emphasis on bad. He was just bad kid more than badass. Santa driving cars all fast. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did, did not get badass. It. I did not get badass. I got like. He was badass in the way Santa can be a badass. Slightly more edgy than a traditional Coca-Cola Santa. With tremendous body issues. Yeah, he definitely had body issues. That was kind of entertaining. The, it was maybe a recurring gag that recurred two or three too many times. Oh, 
uh, throughout the movie. It's every 10 seconds. I'm not fat. Does my butt look like that? It's like, all right, Sam. That's why nobody believed he was Santa. If he had been fat, maybe they would have believed him. No, the reason they didn't believe he was Santa is because it's very difficult to believe you're meeting Santa. I don't know. Every time I've met Santa, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Every time Santa and, – and he was doing the little tricks, right? Uh, Wendy, uh, when you were in ninth grade, you wanted a uh, – If anything, all that does is ram home how creepy Santa actually is. <laughs> it definitely was. was. It was like bordering on invasion of privacy. Um, so anyway, Kurt Russell, he was good. And I – and you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. Everybody listen up. Okay? This is my this is why every discussion we're going to have on Christmas Chronicles is going to be me tepidly wanting to bash the movie even though I know that I shouldn't. It's because I'm cheating on Tim Allen watching this movie. <laughs> it's the Santa Claus is the Santa Claus. It is the quintessential Christmas Santa Claus of the last 40 years and the fact that Kurt Russell thought he could go waltz into that territory upsets me. If I were a major Hollywood star, call me Kurt Russell. Someone comes up and says, hey, I want you to play Santa Claus. My response is, you want me to play Tim Allen? (laughs) You want me to play Scott Calvin? You want me to be the Santa Claus? Are we remaking it? Are we rebooting it? Do we have Tim's blessing? And they would say, well, it's a completely different thing. We're going to make you slightly edgy. And, you know, we're still going to have the same scene where you're in a interrogation room and they're going, are you Santa Claus? And you go, well, actually, St. Nick. It's like, oh, that scene has been done. We're still going to do that. Only once you're in jail, uh, instead of being freed by elves, which is a great plot line, you're going to sing a crappy jazz Christmas song that is not a real carol. That's, That's not fair. That's not entirely fair to what happened. The elves were there to free him. They just didn't make it in time. <laughs> and the, the But other than that, Don't yeah. even get me started on the elves. So weird. I thought it was a cool little gag that you could go into the bag, right? When the, the little girl climbed. All right, we, all right sorry. We're, we're jumping we're ahead of ourselves. The five S's to fantasy success. Just know that the five S's for Santa Claus movies are Scott Calvin, Scott Calvin, Scott Calvin, Scott Calvin, and Scott Calvin. No Tim Allen, just Scott Calvin. Well, that's his character. So you're going to be real disappointed if you ever really meet Tim Allen and he's not Scott Calvin. You know what? They say don't meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So do you, think, do you think the real Santa Claus – do you think Tim Allen is the real Santa Claus or do you think the real Santa Claus is like, I you know what? I think the Santa Claus is the real Santa Claus movie. And and me and my wife watch The Santa Claus every single year together. It's one of our only traditions early in our marriage uh, when it comes to Christmas. And we had to decide, because we're, we were, I knew I was doing this podcast, whether we watched Christmas Chronicles first or The Santa Claus first. And I had to decide Christmas Chronicles because I want to make sure that the Santa Claus I have in my mind on Christmas Day is the Santa Claus. That's fair. But then what about sequels? Like No, Santa Claus 2 is as bad as Christmas Chronicles. All right. There is one. They, they, it's perfect. It's, it's unbeatable. Why? Don't try to better it. All right, so score it. Score Santa Claus right now out of 1,000. 899. So it's not perfect. Well, the, the, yeah, 
I've said this before. My favorite movie of all time is Goodwill Hunting. It's a 900. The Santa Claus, from a movie standpoint, is probably more flawed than a perfect movie would be. But its flaws are perfect. So 899, acknowledging that it's not a perfect movie. But if, if a Christmas movie ever wants to infringe upon that territory, it better bring the heat. Like nine different ways. It better bring the heat. All right. And, and this definitely did not. No, no. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, so I just I'll wanted to get that, that out of the way. I'm I, a sucker for Kurt Russell. I wanted to get that out of the way and move along so everybody knows where I stand beyond a shadow of a doubt. All right. So not Tim Allen. That's a big knock on the star. Who is Kurt Russell? Not Tim Allen. And Kurt Russell's a better movie star than Tim Allen. He's just a worse Santa Claus. All right. Story. I wrote down, oh, Santa has to save Christmas. <laughs> I wrote, Seems like that's a theme for Christmas movies. I wrote down Hallmark movie with Kurt Russell. I agree. I agree. It's, it's not great. It's one Bet, of those better generic, CGI, higher higher budget, and Kurt Russell. It's like we used a Mad Lib and yeah, threw Santa. In. All in, all in on that. But I will say this: some of the best Christmas movies are exactly what we just described. Yeah, like I love me a like. Uh, um, like a, like a Miracle on 34th Street or whatever. Like all that, you know, if it wasn't Miracle on 34th Street, if there, that hadn't been made and now it's, it, it would be hallmarky. It would definitely be hallmarky. And I wonder if it would be as impactful. Probably not, but I'm all in on it. So I'm, I'm not holding this story against it too much. Um, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. You can't, which is weird that Christmas movies kind of get a pass like that because everyone, at least in my family, and it drives me nuts, everyone Tuned into Hallmark, Freeform, whatever, to watch whatever the latest Christmas movie is. I, and they're never good. I watched my Christmas end it's this year. painful. With, it's with so uh, one of the sister-sister girls. My dad. Uh, <laughs> it could have been both. You don't know. It <laughs> could have been either. Could have been either. <laughs> my dad, uh, he was watching Murder, She Baked. I didn't even know that was a thing. I like it. Apparently I like it. they have Christmas movies too. I just, I can't do it. Okay, so uh, so anyway, story is what it is. That's Neither here nor there. Second fiddle. I went with Katie, the little girl. I went with both siblings because I find them to be equally important. I, I think it couldn't have worked with just Katie, and I don't think it could have worked with just Teddy. I think I think Katie was way too grown. Yeah, she was definitely for, – for her to – And I had this debate with my wife because, I mean, what you were going to say, right? For her to do all of those things and kind of be the voice of reason to both Santa and Teddy seems ridiculous because she's too mature 10, almost plot. 11. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, she would be more afraid in many more situations. Um, but then I, I was talking to my wife, and my wife is a counselor, and she's saying, well, when the father died, she was thrust into adult place. She's got to start dinner and all that kind of stuff. She was forced to grow up. I still don't buy it. In a Christmas movie, I want my 10-year-olds to feel like they're 10 years old. She felt way too adult. And, that, uh, that's going to come up in my big problem. Later. Okay. All right. Then, then, then we'll move along. Did you have a surprise? I'm surprised that Santa wasn't fat, and he spent so much of the movie <laughs> complaining about it. Uh, that's actually so pretty much. Good. Like I wrote none, so we'll talk about it. They definitely made Santa a flawed character. They made him like he's got serious body issues. Like he's dealing with insecurity. Why do they always have to draw me like that? I'm like because you're Santa. Why do you care? And and to like be you're in control of the nice and naughty list. Why do you <laughs> care? Just give him coal. I'm I'm fairly certain Santa wouldn't be that upset. I don't think so. I would imagine he probably doesn't pay attention to it. And I like it better when Santa can be large and have no health problems, a la the Santa Claus. 
Yeah, it's weird that Santa doesn't have heart disease. Well, that's part of the Santa magic. It's weird that Santa's skinny. But then, but how do we decide that Santa needed to be fat? It, he is. He wasn't until Coca-Cola got a hold of it. Why? Well, I mean, we could have. So why, have why, did, why did Coca-Cola? I know why Coca-Cola decided Santa needed to be fat. Move more product. That's all it is. I don't, I don't Santa's know. Santa's fat. Know. He's jolly. Our I don't know if that's all diabetes, but Santa just, he's a jolly ollie fat man. He rumbles his belly like a bowl full of I also jelly. love the, I don't say ho, ho, ho. Like, Yeah, what the heck? So basically, all you really do is just break into people's homes. And the, only, the only Santa thing that Santa did was wear the, the right. uniform. I did like how they tied his suit and like his hat and stuff into the magic, though. Yeah. The, hat is, the hat's always magical. I like yeah. that. Uh, scenery, I put decent CGI. Yeah, I mean, they're flying around special. all over the, the place. Uh, yeah, yeah. The North Pole is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like the wall of all the different and letters the, the to Santa. the tree made out of... video wall of video letters to Santa. It, the, you know what? That's when I knew I was old, when I saw video letters to Santa and thought, like, well, who does that? But apparently that's what kids do. I didn't know that. That's so weird. There's something about writing a letter writing to a Santa that letter. should be sacred. Why are people letting their children have smartphones and record these? <laughs> no, you sit down. You write your list of Santa. You show Absolutely. them you mean it. You've earned it. Absolutely. 100%. Jerk. Um, so that's the five S's. That's the five S's. That's the nuts and bolts of the movie. Uh, now we get to jump, jump into some of the fun stuff. What was your big problem? I had a couple. Uh, the biggest, the elves are super weird. <laughs> How are these tiny? Like, first of all, super tiny. Like, they, they're, they're like I know elves are supposed to be tiny, but they're supposed to be children with yeah. a, a glimmer in their eye and sharp ears. Like you could have picked, like, like in the Santa Claus. Yeah, you could have picked like five of these elves up and put them in your pocket and like left. Um, I mean they 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 continue a long tradition of weird little funny sidekicks that was uh, begun with Oompa Loompas. Yes, moved on to minions, uh, the elves, uh, trolls are similar in nature. Uh, they they are there's a Hollywood legacy that they are fulfilling. That's but there's something that was much curious. too of a measured response to those weird little elves. So do you think they watched Despicable Me and were like the elves need to have their funny own little language? Because that was the other thing they did. It was definitely a Minions ripoff. The oh, it was hundred percent. The um, the the thing that they saw, and I don't blame them for it, is there's a lot of plush toy Minions being sold. Merchandising, and there's a lot of of room to increase your budget if you can sell a billion little elf dolls. I think that's what they were going for. Fair enough. I also have a problem with Kurt Russell being Santa. I Just, agree, because he's not Tim Allen. Like, have you seen Death Proof, where he's driving around a car killing teenage girls? Have you seen Escape from New York, where he's a felon wow. who's like? And speaking of felons, Teddy. That kid. He is a felon. He is a Stole felon. A like he dropped it no off ma- at a chop No shop. matter what he did in the movie, he should not be getting off the naughty list. <laughs> no way in hell. Um, Those are my I, big it, problems. It's hard. It's hard to knock Kurt Russell for being Santa because he's been bad guys in movies before. Uh, he grows the best beard though. T- Tim Allen, the quintessential Santa Claus, spent years in jail for dealing cocaine in real life. That's true. So I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one off. All right. That's allowed. Um, my big problem, so Santa never actually needed help. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. 
No, he didn't because he gave him the hat and was like, I'm Santa Claus. He, the whole thing that Santa did was to teach Teddy and Katie a lesson. Um, I don't agree. How often does he do this too? And also, why did he need to flex on him with a little Netflix, giving the, like the hat and then telling him, I never needed you guys. He just keeps the hat and leaves. And the kids think they saved Christmas and the lessons they learned are hit home a little bit more. Now they think Santa's just a giant troll. Their father's death starting to seem a little suspicious now, too. Their father? No, no. I ref- now we need to investigate Santa. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. And kids, if you're listening, refuse to ever believe Santa is anything less than virtuous and righteous. I don't know. That Santa was kind of manipulative. Oh, 100%. But the real Santa's a little manipulative as well. The real Santa, Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, <laughs> told the little girl that he was lactose intolerant. So the next year he got soy milk. That was a lie. It's okay to lie if you're Santa, if you're Tim Allen. Um, well, yeah, nobody's given him gifts. He's not on the just, list. He was never actually in need. The whole story's plot was on him needing the, their help. He's the little helpers, the little human helpers. Ha, ha, ha. Little human helpers. And then, of course, he didn't need him at all. No, he didn't. It's all pointless. Frankenstein the movie. What do you got for me? The cheesiness... And generic script of a Hallmark or a Lifetime Christmas movie. Gotcha, gotcha. The unexpected Santa of Santa Claus. Mm. The CGI of Trolls. Okay. And the predictability of C-Spot Run. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen C-Spot Run. Does Spot come back? Well, no, it's a children's book about a dog running. Oh. C-Spot Run is also a, there was a movie, movie with, with Frankie uh, Munez. Yeah, no, I'm not, I wasn't talking about that. Okay. I should have been more specific. But that gets you the Santa Chronicles. Okay. The Christmas Chronicles. Oh, the Santa Good Chronicles Lord. would have been better. Um, Frankenstein, the movie for me. You take uh, Summer from the School of Rock, right? The little adult girl that, that seems too old for her body. Um, you take the Santa Claus minus Tim Allen plus Kurt Russell. <laughs> uh, you take Minions and or Oompa Loompas, your choice of Little Helper. Uh, you mix in a little of the camera from the Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity. I'm not sure why she had to film everything. It seemed like it was going to be a more important uh, plot of the movie, and then at the end it just turns out that he took the the tape. It was so pointless. I, there was a lot spent on, are you getting this? Oh, let me grab the camera and film, and then nothing ever came of it. Um, and yeah, and then that's how you make a, and, and a little bit of Christmas magic, a tiny bit of Christmas cheer. A little bit of Christmas uh, sparkle, and you get the Christmas Chronicles. I did think it had a decent amount of kind of that feeling of, oh, magic, oh, Christmas. Like, I thought that was necessary. I I think every Christmas movie needs a bit of that kind of the unexplained, and I thought it had enough, just enough. Not an abundance. Enough. But just enough. That's fair. It wasn't quite elves with attitude, (laughs) but it was up there. I'll give it to him. In case you haven't, you can't tell, I'm referencing the Santa Claus throughout this entire podcast. So just how it's going to happen. This movie's not going to fare well on scoring. Uh, it's my third lowest score. All right. Preview. Um, done differently. What would you have done differently for this movie? Can we just have... Uh, th- there, there are two things I would have done differently, and I can't decide which I like better. So I'm just going to throw both of them at you. Can we just have one freaking Christmas movie that doesn't begin with tragedy? 
<laughs> like we we don't need to like start. You're, you're gonna hate my sequel. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's start off with the father dying. Yes, this is gonna make for a fun Christmas watch. It's not gonna be heavy at all because at the end of it, their father's still dead. I hate slates at the beginning of movies where. Uh, we talked about this with Outlaw King, where they just run information at you with like, oh, in the 1400s, and you got to remember it all. And then in the third act of the movie, you're questioning like, wait a second, was King Edward? Oh, yeah, who? What? I hate slates at the beginning because I'm not settled in yet. I'm not ready to pay attention. I like the beginning to this one, where they just rifled through Christmas Day cameras and they just had the date in the corner. Uh, you could get the vibe. You knew what yeah. you needed to get, right? Happy, wholesome family, love Christmas. And then the, dad, the dad and the mom are weirdly frisky around the kids. Um, yeah, it, it's just hey, they're that family. They're a kiss. They're a kissing family. Um, it was just like uh, you know, the baby was born. The the son was super jacked to get a bicycle. Like I liked the beginning to this movie. I thought it was a nice uh, addition to to you know, kind of a trope. With you know, it's not scrolling a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. Santa Claus needed to get presents. <laughs> it was uh, it was just like, hey, here's here's this family in a nutshell, so you know how to react accordingly moving forward. And then for my other issue, mm-hmm. what I would have done differently. Santa is always helping out, no matter what the movie. These people who are fairly well off, like I want to see him go straight to the ghetto and help someone who's like living in the streets, dealing with a crack addiction. Like I want him to go help. I think they're normally helping children. Children can get addicted to crack. Oh, God. Like, if we're going to do this tragedy at the beginning, Santa really needs to help somebody. Not these right. kids who are fairly well off. And I love how your, your, two, daddy's your, your gone. two big problems were Christmas movies always start with a tragedy, and your next problem was let's give them a real tragedy. Yeah. I mean, if we're going <laughs> to do it, let's do it right. All right. My sequel is going to be bonkers. Tim, <laughs> St- Scott Calvin beat his... Uh, Crack addiction. Scott Calvin, well, Tim Allen. Scott Calvin was never addicted to crack. We don't know that. He was addicted to work. That's the kind of problem that can be overcome in Christmas. How do you think he was so productive at done work? Differently, All the cocaine. Done differently? Everybody tune in. Here's, here's my done differently. What I would do differently with this movie, how about not make the kid a felon? Yeah, that was weird. How about we don't randomly put him, him and his friends who are bit characters like they're in it for 20 seconds um freaking slim jimming a car open i mean they were really good at crime in the middle of the day got away with it scot-free like what it what it what is that like i feel this whole movie done differently they took everything that we enjoy about christmas movies and made it five percent more edgy like literally it's like Oh, this isn't just Santa Claus. This is Santa Claus who drives a charger really fast. And he doesn't sing Christmas carols. He sings like dark, bluesy, uh, aggressive. He's a rock and roll Santa. Yeah, but it's like, this isn't Santa Claus. This is Santa Claus who's really upset that, you know, who works out every morning and stays away from carbs. It's a. Santa's on the Atkins diet. That doesn't what that doesn't make this isn't just a son or a kid that needs help by Santa. It's a kid that is caught up stealing cars, which is a felony for sure. It's grand theft auto. This isn't just a little girl with with a belief in Santa. This is a little girl that's a grown woman that has footage of her brother robbing a car 
that believes in she's Santa. She's an accomplice. I don't think she's an accomplice. She never told anybody. Well, you don't. I mean, there's no law that you have to report every uh, crime that you're aware of. I think she's just as guilty. She goes on the naughty list. Um. So here we go. Oh, here's another problem I had. And this is just a small little problem that could have been fixed with one line, right? A little quick done differently. He's worried, obviously, about the, the meter on his watch that picks Christmas cheer. And it's falling. And when he's in prison, he's looking for or jail. He's looking for ways to increase Christmas cheer. And the song comes to him as an idea. And he goes, we should sing a Christmas song. They never acknowledged that it raised Christmas cheer. It was just um, to use a, a phrase that I use very often on the Tim Donnelly show. Weekdays, 3 to 6 on WRAD, 1017, 1035, and 1460 AM. Um, the talk of the New River Valley. Shameless plug. Uh, it was just a guitar solo. It was him, it was Kurt Russell saying, if I'm going to do this, I need a moment where I can just be a great Santa, where I can just be different than every other Santa. I'm going to need to sing a song in a jail where I <laughs> whip up the other people that are have made decisions in their life that have led them to jail. I whip them up into a great band and uh, I play a song. It's going to have absolutely no effect on the outcome of anything. It's going to have absolutely zero effect on the outcome of Christmas cheer. It's just me walking to the front of the stage, telling the rest of the band, calm down, I got it, and going full guitar solo. Weirdly, everyone he was in the jail cell with also has some sort of musical talent. Well, that's just Santa being special. Santa is magical. I'm f- like I buy into Santa being magical. I'm not sitting here saying, "Oh, Santa's got to tone it down." I'm sitting here saying, "Santa can be magical, but there needs to be a reason, right? There needs to be some kind of end game here, not just I want to show everyone that Santa can play dark blues." So less fat jokes I would have done differently, or less skinny jokes, I guess. I don't know. You didn't need any of them, really. I mean, one or two is fine. Like, if, if Kurt Russell didn't want to put on 60 pounds for the, the, the role and he didn't want to wear a, a fat suit, um, I'm cool with, you know, one time him saying, why do they always draw me like that? I work out every day, da-da-da-da. But then every person he encounters from that point forward... He has to hear about his body issues. Can't, can't then get... It's like, uh, it's like someone that does CrossFit, right? Every conversation you're going to work in that you do CrossFit. And, and you, you're going to let them know how many burpees you did that morning and how many handstand push-ups you did that morning and kip-up pull-ups. Uh, Santa, in the Christmas Chronicles, I think he did CrossFit. I think he's a CrossFit guy. Definitely did CrossFit. And I think that explains a lot about his character arc. I think when they were describing him, they're like, oh, he, he probably said, you know, didn't Tim Allen already do this perfectly? And they said, you know what? We're doing it differently. How so? This Santa will be doing CrossFit. <laughs> and he went, I know exactly what to do with this character. That's the uh, that's the room they didn't get to in the North Pole was his private CrossFit. His, his private uh, box. There's just a gigantic elf in there to yell at him. D- yeah, d- there's elves building uh, kettlebells and, uh, <laughs> and screwing uh, pull-up bars into the wall for Santa. <laughs> so we're renaming it the CrossFit Christmas Santa. Chronicles. <laughs> CrossFit Christmas Chronicles. God, that rolls off the tongue. Uh, you know what we should do? What other movie would be better if the main character did CrossFit and was a CrossFit person? Like, I would love if, like, Rambo, 
like halfway through, everyone's like, oh my gosh, your muscles are so covered in baby yeah. oil. And, and, and you shoot people from point blank away and watch everything explode. Kettlebells. <laughs> like, like when he's getting ready at camp, instead of like drawing on war paint, he's like doing burpees. Yes. Or, or because Rambo, I, I could do this crossfit. all day. Whoa. <laughs> I could do this all day. He's in the jungle, of course, so he doesn't actually have any of the actual supplies. So he's just finding gigantic boulders, tree branches, and things to do kip up pull ups on. He's got a nice little gym set up. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. Or what if, what if you took like uh, wedding crashers? Vince Vaughn's weirdly jacked. They're, no they're both they're both jacked, and they both talk. Instead of their little stories where they're they're sitting at the table and they're putting cake in each other's face, they're just going like, "Yeah, if you just give up an uh, hour and fifteen minutes a day, you get a little extra extra leg pump." And, and I mean, you can look like this too. You turn around, and it's like just a large group of small children that are stuck at the. They're like, uh, okay, I, I I could see Vince Vaughn trying to sell people on CrossFit except for the fact that he's not in great shape himself. That actually sounds like dodgeball. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We just wrote dodgeball. We just, you know what? Yeah. Okay. He's doing that, but he also needs a lesser-known sport that can carry the arc of the movie. No, I think no, we just wrote dodgeball. No, no one's going to watch dodgeball and think, hey, he's weirdly out of shape because no one knows what a professional dodgeball player looks like. Anyway, that's a wild CrossFit tangent. Um, so those are things I would have done differently. Do you have an idea for a sequel? I do. Okay. What is your idea for a sequel? All right. So we're like 15, 20 years down the line. Katie's got kids? No. Katie is a successful filmmaker. Okay. Teddy- still, still working off the weird uh, eight high, high eight camera? We, we Yeah. That's a that's a camera she, nerd thing. She's a purist for no on good the old reason. camcorder remaking the Blair Witch Project. And uh, Teddy learned nothing, <laughs> so he's a felon. That's backstory. We're gonna have to break Teddy out of jail in this movie. But the whole thing is Christmas cheer is just at an all time low. Santa's all like, ah, Santa's gone into a deep depression and now he's fat. He is fat. I he, like. He's like fat. I like the twist on him actually being fat now. Binging on cookies and milk and just sitting up in the North Pole and what are the what are the elves doing? Goldie Hans, Mrs. Claus is trying to get Go- him to work. The elves Spoiler are trying alert. to get him to work. He won't do anything. So Christmas doesn't happen for a few years. The Dark Ages. And uh, ooh, is this a 2018 Katie, political social commentary? Yeah, sure. Not really. <laughs> this is just what I think would make a decent sequel. Katie decides we got to save Christmas. And there's only one way to do it. We got to convince like 25. people that Santa is real. So she tries to catch Santa on camera again. As a 25-year-old. As a 25-year-old. Yeah, I mean, her, her dad. It's, she's making a Netflix documentary. Exactly. And she's and trying it's to called Catching Santa. Catching Santa. How it's an eight, eight-part miniseries. You get Brian Hansen Fun fact, involved. you're not going to find him on the first seven episodes. Nope. The eighth episode, maybe you find him. At the, the eighth episode, end. you get that arm shot that she yeah. had. Uh, from from back in the day, but it's all going to be her obsessive quest to uh, find Santa and save. You Christmas. know, what? it's not even a Netflix; it's a uh, serial podcast. <laughs> yes, catching Santa, catching Santa. Because by that point, serial will fifteen years from now, serial will have been through, you know, forty seven seasons. They need something new. Catching Santa, catching I like it. Santa. Um, my my sequel is uh, the boys in jail. It's um, weird how we both went there. And and he thinks uh, all you got to do is sing a Christmas carol in jail to get out. 
So he organizes a band. They spend years practicing. They play a Christmas carol, and not a damn thing happens. <laughs> and he stays the rest of his life in prison. That would be an excellent... I would watch it. Excellent short. Just like the delusion, and then like they play the song, and then it's like, well... Like, no, that Christmas, was a good Christmas high cheer for five minutes. did not raise. <laughs> this did not work for they me. They perform in like the mess hall. I like it. They have to lock up their instruments at night. They organize a talent show. Yes. You too can get out if you uh, he, he's like hard. He's like a wild cult leader telling everyone about the time he met Santa in prison. <laughs> he has followers. Yeah. That's dark, but I would enjoy it. I'm all in. Katie is like, uh, we, she could even be making the documentary out there and like visiting uh, Teddy in prison. Like, we need, we need to find Santa. And he's like, my people know. Santa is with us. I've got my disciples. All, all we have to do is play Christmas carols rock style. I've been whittling. <laughs> I've been whittling a guitar out of a large piece of oak. So basically what we've determined is in the sequel, everyone's lives have sort of kind of fallen apart. He, see, he was like, my life was going to change until Santa pointed out to me at the end that he didn't need any of my help. And he gave me the hat, which apparently was not magical. Set me on a dark path. And by the way, the footage that you took got in the hands of the police. And <laughs> Now I'm in prison. <laughs> Thanks. I stole multiple cars. They connected it to all of my other... I am a, a not good person. The other thing I wrote down was, and this is similar to what you said. I said, let's fix some kids with more problems. Uh, a foster kid, a kid with no parents. Like... Their biggest problem is that they lost a dad, which is a big problem. It's, it's awful. It's just, I could not imagine. I, both of my parents, I could not imagine losing either. Don't even want to walk down that road. Uh, but the mom seemed really loving. Like, the mom seemed like a pretty good mom. Granted, she had to grind a bit extra at the hospital. But, uh, you know, she's making cookies. She's doing her best. Parents in Christmas movies always work like ridiculous hours. A lot, well, it's always hospitals. And hospitals at Christmas time are tough because... People still get sick on, on Christmas. You, know, you could argue more so. That's, that's the problem that Santa really needs to solve. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Start delivering meds under the Christmas tree. What are you doing? W what if... That ooh, guy? that's an interesting Christmas movie uh, that I would be interested in seeing. What if, like, Santa and elves, like, subbed out hardworking parents? An elf just came through and was like, Hey, nurse, you're good. Tag out. Go home. And then we have to watch elves... <laughs> um, you know, nurse people back to health or, or administer, you know, they had to figure it out. And because they're elves, they always do. But hijinks ensue. You've always got this one elf on the team who just doesn't quite get it. Yeah. And, and other Enter Will and, Ferrell. And, and you like people, <laughs> people, uh, like in hospital beds that, you know, just had surgery. Maybe they got a little morphine drip going. They can't tell if what they're seeing is real, but they have elves administering their health care. Uh, like firefighters are getting tapped out by Santa. He's like, go home. I got this. So he sends all of them home. And then there's a fire, right? Cause someone left a dry Christmas tree too close to the fireplace. Don't do that. Poor decision-making, but you know what? Some people just don't know. He shows up and he just like solves it with magic. He puts it out with like frosting and he's just like, Hey, yeah, we're good here. Like all of these hardworking have to work on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day type jobs are then replaced by elves, Santa, and reindeer, and and like the the tow truck driver, right? Go on home, 
we got this. And then someone slides off the uh, road on their way to grandma's house for Christmas dinner. Who shows up to take him out? Santa. No, reindeer, reindeer with a trailer hitch. <laughs> do you think there's a job they couldn't do? No. Like, there's one like, eh, you know, I'm not as, <laughs> it's essential personnel, but I'm just, I'm not doing it. Yes. They could not be the, the, the parents. That's how it starts. Right? That's what they originally try. And they originally like, think, okay, these kids are alone. I'm going down a wild sequel here. Stick with me. They, they originally think these parents have to go work on Christmas Day, so they're going to show up where the kids are and try to brighten their day. And they learn that even though they're elves and Santa, there's no replacing a parent's <laughs> love. So they then have to go sub out the parents so the parents can go home. Meanwhile, they then have to uh, be a nurse or be a firefighter, policeman, be a tow truck driver, a plow operator, uh, all of these other people that don't get Christmas off. That could be a hell of a movie. I'm in. I'm in. Netflix. Give us a, give us a call. That would be a huge Netflix. Put two random radio hosts in charge of a giant Christmas tent pole, and we will make it work. We will. It's gonna be great. The people uh, will love it. We're on our. We're on. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, we're about forty minutes in. We're on to our, our favorite part of the show. That's right. You know what it is. Let's rate this bad boy. Rating it out of a thousand. Uh, just so you know, we rate all of our movies here on uh, the Tim Donnelly Show presents Movie Night featuring Big Nate. As of right now, the highest of the high is Creed 2, came in at 817, followed by Outlaw King, Wreck It Ralph, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and Mowgli brought up the rear, the only uh, entry to be below 500 at the moment. We rate it out of a thousand. I do. Nate does as well. If we ever have a guest participating, they will as well. We average them, and that is the ranking. You want to go first? I can if you'd like. Yeah, you haven't done that in a while. I went 550. Ooh, ooh, we are weirdly close. I give it a 600. Okay, I mean, so 575. Yeah, we give it 575. 575, that comes, it's solidly in the middle. It is four out of six, um, kind of right on top of Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, it is solid. Like, I, I, I don't hate that. Um, what I will say, and uh, how we should begin and end every segment is if you're going to watch a Christmas movie, you say you haven't watched it yet and you're listening in here, if you have time for just one Christmas movie, The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, if you have time for two Christmas movies, The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, and It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart, if you have time for three Christmas movies, The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart, and Elf starring Will Ferrell, if you have time for four Christmas, maybe if you have time for like nine, catch the Christmas Chronicles. Right. I'd put it lower end, top 15, maybe maybe top 10 flirting with it, Christmas movie of right now. All right, I'll back you up on that one. Shout out to Tim Allen. I'm sorry I had to watch this movie. I feel like I've cheated on you. Um, you know, it's it's they brought me nothing, didn't mean anything. There was no emotional attachment. It was purely watching a movie. It was just for work. It was, it was, I didn't want to. They forced me. I, Sorry, Tim. Scott Calvin. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> Papa Gigi. <laughs> Go watch the movie. You'll understand it. That's it for the movie night here on, uh, what do we call this? Audio Boom? You can check it out on Audio Boom. 
That's right. Past All episodes right. are there as well. Tim Donnelly Show presents Movie Night featuring Big Nate, audioboom.com. Search for it. Uh, if you're here, you already know where to find it, but go back into our archives as well. Uh, we have some, some really good ones there. Uh, looking forward to it. See ya! Merry Christmas! <laughs>